Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to hear from State Representative Clint Kesto, who was here a day ago talking about uh, gridlock in Lansing, the difficulty getting things done. We also talked to him about the crisis that's the Metro Detroit Chaldean community is facing now that the Trump administration has decided to deport many of them for crimes that in some cases were committed a very long time ago and threaten their legal status. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about that. He is an important member of that community. But we're going to spend the rest of the show today talking about Health care. 22 million Americans would no longer have health insurance under the Senate Republicans' plan to overhaul the Affordable Care Act. That's according to a new report from the Congressional Budget Office. Right here in Michigan, the Senate plan would kill our Medicaid expansion program. That's more than 600,000 low-income people who would lose the insurance they got through the Healthy Michigan program that would happen beginning uh, through 2021. But Republicans in Washington say the plan that they have would protect patients, care providers, and taxpayers from a health care system that is failing. I don't think there's anyone who disputes the idea that what we have right now is not working. It looks like supporters of the GOP plan, though, face a pretty uphill battle in the Senate. Are they going to find a way to scrape together the 50 yes votes they need? And how does this differ from the Republican bill that was approved by the House? Even more, what would it mean for everyday Americans and the people who keep them healthy? We want to start the show there today, uh, and we want to hear from you. What are you thinking about the bill that's on the table? It's awfully close now to absolutely turning the Affordable Care Act on its head. Do you think that the things that they're talking about in Washington would improve health care? Would they improve your health care situation? Or do you think this is a disaster waiting to happen? The Congressional Budget Office in both instances, in the House bill and in the Senate bill, says lots and lots of Americans would lose their insurance as a result. But do you not believe that? Do you believe that the CBO is being hysterical and maybe over overstating the case or the damage that it would do? We especially want to hear from people who have benefited from the Affordable Care Act. Are you somebody who had a pre-existing condition, uh, got uh, coverage because of the Affordable Care Act? What do you think about the replacement for that in the AHCA, uh, an $800 billion uh, fund, I believe that would uh, that would uh, that would back up uh, people with pre-existing conditions. Is that an improvement? Uh, are you somebody who benefited from the Medicaid expansion? Are you thinking that that would uh, somehow go away under this, and that uh, would be a bad thing? Especially if you voted for President Trump, we want to hear from you today. If you're one of the people who benefits from the Affordable Care Act. What's your spin on what he's doing, what he's proposing, how he wants to change healthcare? Is it going to affect you, but you still believe he is the person to lead this country on this issue and on others? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work your comments 
into the conversation. And uh, joining me to help frame up this issue at the national level is Paul Dimko. He is a Politico magazine health care reporter. Paul, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the politics here. How likely are Republicans to get the 50 votes they need, I guess, uh, to, to, to do this? And if it fa- passes, uh, whose interpretation of this law is closer to reality? Is it the Republicans themselves who say this would be an improvement to the health care system we have, would save it from, from crashing the way it has been? Or is the CBO and hospitals, uh, medical groups, patient advocates uh, who say this would be a real disaster? It looks increasingly difficult for the Senate to, to get this bill passed. Um, you know, there are at least four members who came out yesterday saying they wouldn't even vote for a motion to proceed, which is, you know, the kind of first step procedural getting hurdle. a bill sure. on the floor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the question is whether those are sort of hardline no votes or those are bargaining positions. Um, because one thing that the CBO score came out with that was sort of favorable for Republicans is it said the bill will save about $300 billion, which is $200 billion more than um, it found for the House bill. So what that means is that, uh, you know, Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, has $200 billion to, uh, I don't want to say bribe, <laughs> but uh, cut deals um, with members of his caucus on some of their um, pet issues. You know, for instance, you know, Rob Portman in Ohio uh-huh. and Shelley Moore Capito in West Virginia are really concerned about uh, opioids, and uh, we're looking for $45 billion to combat that epidemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he might be looking for... Uh, some kind of sweetener for them. So, you know, it's, it looks, it doesn't look good, but um, I think a lot of people uh, uh, think you should not underestimate McConnell and his ability to bring his caucus along. Yeah, this we'll, is, we'll know in the next 48 hours. Yeah, this is one of the things that Mitch McConnell does quite well, which is essentially whip the members, uh, and he doesn't do that uh, personally all the time. There are other people who are responsible for that, but he gets them in line in, and gets them to vote the way that, that he needs them to. Uh, talk about the effect here. Who, who's telling the truth about what this would well, do? I mean, I, you know, Republicans have been somewhat contemptuous of the Congressional Budget Office, um, and and they do have a point in that did not prove particularly accurate in its assessment of how many people would enroll through the Obamacare exchange market. But the bottom line is we've got, they are the respected nonpartisan scorekeeper that we've relied on for decades to provide, you know, informed analysis of legislation. And we don't have another option for doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you can't just dismiss out of hand what the CBO is saying um, about this legislation. And those numbers are stark. I mean, it's 22 million people. 22 million fewer people will have coverage a decade from now under their analysis. And a big, you know, the biggest chunk of that is the 15 million on Medicaid. Um, and, you know, that is just reflects 
you know, I can't, don't think you can really dispute that if you cut $800 billion from Medicaid, it's going to result in fewer people getting coverage. Yeah. Um, you know, this idea that, 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 that you can have better coverage for more people for less money is, is just not possible. I mean, what Trump has promised, what the president has promised um, to the American people is just not deliverable. So there are tons of problems. It's absolutely true with the current system. Um, and, but I, but, I, but I think a lot of people, a lot of healthcare providers and others in the system would prefer that we try to fix the existing system rather than kind of, you know, throw everything out and start again from scratch. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting about this is that it is not an attempt to find out what's not working with the Affordable Care Act and fill the gaps. I mean, this is a, a wholesale reordering again of the health care system, which, you know, that's the Republicans' prerogative. They have majorities in both houses and the White House. I guess my question is, uh, are they taking us closer to what we had before the Affordable Care Act, or are they sending us in an entirely different direction than we've seen before? Yeah, I mean, it's some kind of tortured hybrid. Um, I mean, you know, the sad, the sad thing is that the, partis- the politics have become so toxic and, and um, you know, ridiculous around health care that both sides, that, you know, the Republicans feel compelled to, you know, describe Obamacare in these apocalyptic terms and, you know, and have done so for seven years. So now that they get in office, they feel uh, sort of boxed into uh you know, dismantle this this system that they claimed all kinds of um, terrible things, um, attributed all kinds of terrible things to. So, you know, the truth is that really a lot of what they're proposing, particularly on the individual market side, which, you know, is kind of the, the Obamacare marketplace side, isn't all that different mm-hmm. than what we have under the Affordable Care Act. I mean, they're they're tweaking really in the Senate bill um, the tax credits that are available now, they'll go up to 350% of poverty instead of 400% of poverty. They'll be uh, allowed to charge older Americans up to five times as much as younger Americans instead of three times as much. Um, there's a few other minor differences, but this is, this is not, um, this is not something entirely different. And, and the reality is there's only so many, you know, ideas within sort of the current framework that you can come up with for helping people get coverage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's more of a rhetorical um, dismantling, at least on the individual market side, than a practical one. Medicaid is a different story. They really are proposing huge changes there. Yes. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Paul Demko. He's a healthcare reporter for Politico. We're talking about the bill that is now in the Senate that would come pretty close to undoing the Affordable Care Act the way that the House bill uh, from a few weeks ago would do. We're, we're talking about the chance of that bill passing and the president signing it. Also, what effect that bill would have uh, on our health care, on the choices that we get to make, on the coverage we get to have. 
will the 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 existence that we have been under since the Affordable Care Act passed at the beginning of President Obama's first term will that go away will we see a new healthcare order sort of unfold and who will be the winners and losers under that order uh, will the people who benefited from Medicaid expansion suffer uh, as Democrats are saying they will or will this new system take better care of the most vulnerable people uh, the elderly uh, the poor uh, as Republicans are saying it will uh, we want to hear from you especially what effect do you think this bill is going to have on your life and your health care as you're looking at what goes on in Washington uh, especially we want to hear from you if this, if uh, the Affordable Care Act has particularly changed your life or your coverage. Uh, did you gain coverage because of the Affordable Care Act? Did you lose coverage because of the Affordable Care Act? And how do you see what they're doing now as either an improvement or a further damaging of that access? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll work your comments into the conversation. Carl in Ypsilanti, you are up first. Welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So my feelings on the ACA in general are very complicated. I'm a grad student at Eastern. And last year I uh, had a big setback when I had cellulitis but because I had, you know, Medicaid mm-hmm. that was provided by the Healthy Michigan Expansion. I didn't go into financial and physical ruin. Otherwise, I'd either be dead or dead in debt, one way or the other. Uh-huh. But on the other on the other hand, my mom, who is a diabetic, can't afford insurance currently, and she doesn't make enough money to where she qualifies for any sort of Medicaid-based income. Or and, so she's um, over the Medicaid limits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know. Like, but she still can't afford. She can't afford to buy off of the exchange, for instance. Right, right, right. Like her her rate for health insurance is is basically the same size as her house payment. Wow. And so it's completely astronomical because you know that's just that's just how health insurance works because of the uh, asymmetrical. It, you know, yeah. So, problem that you're facing. Uh, so, so Carl, I'm curious how you see what the Republicans are proposing in Washington to do differently. Do you think that will that will harm you and help your mother? Uh, the the sort of reverse, or do you, or are you just not? Uh, are you not even? I'm sure? not even. I'm not confident that it's gonna even help my mother. I would hope it would help somebody, or at least bring down the rates. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure that without some sort of true public intervention, we're going to be able to gain control of these rates yeah. personally. Yeah. Carl, uh, thank you very much for calling and, and sharing your story. I think that's a really interesting dynamic, and I think there are a lot of people who could probably tell that same story from inside their own families. Uh, Paul Demko, I, I, I wonder if what the, what the Republicans are saying is that people like Carl's mother, the people who have been priced out of health insurance since the Affordable Care Act came around, they would benefit from this. They're saying that rates would come down, there will be more options. How realistic are those promises? 
Well, I think that, you know, they, that is one of their main goals. And I think in particular, they're looking to, to bring down premiums for some of the younger and healthier folks uh-huh. who haven't signed up in sufficient numbers under the Affordable Care Act. Um, I'm not sure the folks uh, like Carl's mother, I, 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 I don't see a lot of potential for bringing down rates for folks like that. As I said earlier, they're going to allow um, insurers to charge more for uh, older folks, folks who are in that kind of near elderly, not edu- not eligible for Medicare, but, um, but you know, probably have some, some pretty big medical needs if they're approaching that age. Um, you know, there might be, you know, they're also trying to kind of loosen the rules around what must be covered. Um, so therefore, there might be, um, you know, there might be sort of skimpier packages available that would cost less money, um, but they would also probably have pretty high out-of-pocket costs if you're somebody who's diabetic and is going to be accessing the medical, the healthcare system on a regular basis. So I don't see a lot of potential for relief there for somebody like uh, his mother. Sure. Uh, let's go to Madeline in Metro Detroit. Madeline, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes. Um, I don't know if uh, the, the screener repeated what I said, but um, I'm, I'm just so mad we're still discussing the merits of this administration. The, the, after what Kelly Conway said, you know, get a job is get a bootstrap. It's it's just plainly the agenda. Mm-hmm. And I have a quote. Can I tell you a quote? Sure. Go ahead. That fits I wrote 10 years ago, and it fits still. The reaction to a crisis mirrors the status quo of the rescuer. I, that's a great, that is a really great, that is a really great uh, quote, Madeline, and I think it frames the discussion that we're, that we're having here. Uh, I, obviously, what you're concerned about is what will happen to people at the lower end of the economic scale uh, who, who benefited significantly from the Affordable Care Act and, and would suffer here. Uh, Paul Demko, give me, give me, give me your, your sense of how the poor, how bad it would be for poor people under this, under this bill. Well, I mean, again, back to the CBO, I mean, they're saying 15 million people um, would lose Medicaid coverage. Uh-huh. So those people are, you know, 138% of poverty and less. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess those people, you know, what would they do? They'd turn to community health centers and other uh, and, and emergency rooms. And that's what has that's what has hospitals so concerned, um, you know, places like Henry Ford in Detroit, um, that they're going to, you know, they've seen pretty, pretty good improvements in reductions in the amount of charity care that they're uh, having to, to, to take care of. Um, and they're very concerned that that's going to be reversed and that they'll become the, the, you know, they already are, but they'll, but they'll become the provider of last resort for even more people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Paul Demko, healthcare reporter with Politico. Thank you, as always, for joining us and sorting these issues out on Detroit Today.
You're welcome. Okay. Up next, what's all this going to mean for hospitals here in Michigan? We're going to hear from an official with Henry Ford Health Systems, get his take on the Senate health care plan, and we want to continue to hear your takes. How will these bills affect you? How will they affect your insurance? How will they affect your life? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Stay with us on Detroit Today.